All right, welcome Faith Promise. How are we doing this weekend? Woohoo! Great to see it's a better weekend, UT1, so we're a little happier than we were last weekend. So uh, it's exciting to see you guys. Welcome all of our campuses, whether you're way out in Campbell County or you're in our north uh, location, Internet Campus, whether you're at the Blunt County Campus, whether you're Anderson County, where, wherever you are, we're thrilled that you're with us, Pellissippi Campus. We're excited. Thrilled about this series, trying to trying to unravel the mess that the culture's done to us about the gender roles and and get into all that. You know, God is moving at Faith Promise Church. Have y'all noticed that? And it has been amazing. Last weekend, our North Knoxville campus had an absolute record attendance, the biggest attendance they have ever had in their two-year history, and so they're just doing a great job. Amazing, Pastor Mike and. Kenneth, it's just, it's awesome. We're all, we're getting very close to moving them out of a temporary location, portable, into a permanent location for our North Knoxville campus. Woo! And everybody's cheering needs to give in the heart for the harvest as we get ready for that. So we want you to keep on clapping. Amen? There we go. All right. Good. So great things are happening. It's exciting. Before I dive in the Word, I want, to, I want to talk to you for a second about a very touchy top, a topic. And, and let me just start by saying, when I, when I first got in the ministry, I was hyper-political. I mean hyper, listen, hyper-political. I, you know, I thought it was right and wrong, black and white. As I got older, I realized that power on both sides of the political aisle used the church. Are you with me? Because both sides of the aisle is about power. There are some good people on both sides of the aisle, but it's about power. And so I really sort of wandered away. I actually threatened to kick people out of my, the first church I was pastor of if they voted for one of the, the elections back in, uh, back in the early 90s. You know, I know you'd find it hard to believe a loving pastor like me would threaten people, but I did. And I realized that was wrong. And so I, I have uh, steered very, very far away from politics. But we live in a country where, man, we are so hyper-divided. I mean, matter of fact, we judge people based on their political persuasion. And it's really, it's really so harmful for our nation. Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And so I, I hate it, but I, I just loathe it. But in the upcoming election in a couple of weeks, there's, there is going to be an amendment, and I just want to bring it to your attention. And if I make you mad, I'm sorry, but I, I just think that I need to talk about this for a minute. The very first amendment on is an amendment that deals with abortion. It does, not, it does not do away with abortion. All it does is give the Tennessee voters the ability to regulate abortion. Tennessee is the third, the number three in the nation where not, people that don't live in the state come in to get abortions because there's no regulation on the abortion industry in the state of Tennessee. None. No regulation over the abortion clinics, none of that kind of stuff, no care, anything. And so what this does is give us an opportunity as Tennesseans to vote about issues. Now, I know this is a polarizing deal. I know everybody's freaking out. But, but you know, as I read my Bible, God is clear that we that follow him ought to take care of people that are oppressed, downtrodden, widows, orphan, the poor. Is that right? I mean, that's what God wants us to do. And so... You know, I just have a very personal deal that, that the, the absolute most downcast, most, most abused people on the planet are the unborn. And so, you know, and, 
we have, I think it's 60 million, 60 million abortions since Roe versus Way. I mean, you think of the population in America, we, we've lost more than a generation of people. And so I want to encourage you. I don't t- tell people I vote, uh, but I want to I challenge you when it comes, because when you get in the ballot box and you read the amendment, you won't understand it. Are you with me? Because it's written in legalese. So I had to do a little research on it this week because when people get political, they start throwing words out. You know what I'm talking about? Misinformation flies. But the amendment number one gives Tennesseans the ability to vote on issues that deal with abortion. If it fails, if, it, if the vote is no, then nobody can ever have any say-so in anything that has to do with the abortion industry. And it will go on without any kind of guidance in our state. And so I want to challenge you, man, I just, just want to put that out. And because uh, you know what, we ought to take care of the poor. We ought to take care of the widows and orphans. But there is one group that has no voice. They have no voice. And listen, if you have experienced an abortion, we love you. We care for you. Man, we, we are there for you. Listen, the police don't have any judge, judgment or any, crit, I'm not trying to be critical and ugly. But as we look forward, the power, the power that rolls in America today is political. And frankly, God's not a Republican. God's not a Democrat. He's so far over that, he didn't even hardly notice it in Jesus' name. We want the power of God so that we can move forward with the things that matter to God. Amen? So, I just feel like I needed to share that. It's the last weekend, really have an opportunity. And so, just want to let you know what was going on. Now, let me give you the next six weeks. We have this weekend and next weekend on Man versus Woman. I can't wait to see the video next weekend and what that couple does. But, but man versus woman. And then uh, after next weekend, we begin what's called, if you're new, the month of miracles. It starts in two weekends. Every weekend, we'll be praying about a specific need within the body. We, pray, we go for four weekends called month of miracles. And we'll be praying the first weekend will be salvations, relationships, and prodigals. We'll be, we'll be laying hands on people, praying that God will move in great and draw the prodigals home. And the next weekend, we'll be praying for healing. Jehovah, we'll have at every campus, we'll have tables set up. We'll have elders and pastors with anointing oil. Everybody wants to be prayed for for healing. We prayed for that weekend. The next weekend, we'll be praying for jobs, financial miracles. And the next weekend, we'll be praying for a heart for the harvest offering. Now, how it begins is on the 26th. Uh, a week from this weekend, we're going to start a 21-day fast. We do two a year. We do, we start, we do a 21-day fast to begin the year. This has been our greatest year we've ever had so far, ever had. Matter of fact, we're almost 600 baptisms with two and a half months left, and the record was 590. So we're, we're moving. We're cooking. And so that last weekend, we will give an offering. Now, by the way, I'll remind you, but every day on faithpromise.org, there'll be a devotion that I'm putting online every day, two or three minutes, just as we all are praying together in that 21 days that God will, God will heal, God will save, God will draw prodigals home, God will build and mend relationships, God will restore families, God will give jobs in Jesus' name, God will bring financial miracles. Because many people are saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't have anything to give. Listen, I put money on my dresser. I got a couple checks in and I put them there and I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, multiply them. And just multiply them. It's the year of the hundredfold harvest, amen? Multiply that, and man, it's multiplied, and it's multiplied, and it's multiplied, and I have a number Michelle and I have been praying for, and it is actually almost there. 
And, and man, it just keeps in my, and when extra money comes in, I put it right over there, right over there. It's above and beyond my t- our tithes and offerings and put it right over there. And so at the end of those four weeks of month of miracles, we have a heart for the harvest, which is about, and you'll find out tons more as it comes. It's about new campuses. It's about our compassion initiatives, like the pool we're doing for the inner city students in Knoxville and and orphanages, and we'll tell you some more of the stuff that we're doing. But again, 2014 is a hundredfold harvest. So can we believe that God is going to do financial miracles and we're going to see the greatest offering we've ever had? Can, can we agree with that? Somebody help me in the house. Now, hey, listen, we don't do capital campaigns anymore. We don't do pledge cards and all that kind of stuff. We take one extra offering a year. And that's how we do all of our expansions. And so Michelle and I save, we work. And so I miss, you just pray. You got six weeks and what would God have you and your family do? What, is, what does he want? What, what, what would he give you to give? Because God's able to fund his kingdom, right? Isn't that right? Is he a big God? Then what will God give you so that you can give? So God, you know, help me. Open my eyes. What's the deal? Where do you want me to go? What's the, you know, just show me what you want me to do. And we'll be glad to do that. So Man, I believe God's rocking revival. Y'all believe that? Man, I do. I believe God is moving. It is unbelievable. It is beyond comprehension what's happening and and how people are stepping up in every area. Now, this current series that we're in is about the blurring of the cultural lines of that which is biblical. Because the culture always wants to take and and revert it anti-Christ. Would y'all agree with that? The culture, Jesus said that Satan is the little G-O-D of this world. So he he is moving culture away from Christ. And as Christ followers, any Christ followers in our campuses this weekend. All right. Woo. Amen. So Christ followers don't take their cue from the culture about what we're to do. Is that right? Men, women, students of God, that's not where we get it. We talked about last weekend our theme verse, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed, pressured, manipulated. Do not be, let the image of this world be stamped on you because you are created in the image of God, reborn when you were saved to walk with God. Do not be pressured into this culture, crammed into the culture, smashed into society, to this cosmos which is set to work without God. But, by the, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. I prayed this verse every day. I got it from Pastor Josh, our executive pastor. We were talking about our quiet times one day. And he said, man, I'm Romans 12, 2 in it every day. I'm praying God will transform my mind. I said, I love that. So I pray now, Romans 12, 2. Lord, would you let Romans 12, 2 happen? A little of Ephesians 3, 20. And today I love some Ephesians 5, 18 and some Psalms 51, 12. And if you'd roll in there a little Acts 1, 8, some Galatians 2, 20. And would you pour out some Acts 3, 19? Because this is what I do. I remind God of his word. So I pray God's word back to him that that'll bounce off heaven and back into us. Amen. That's the deal. And so, man, that's, I do, man. I'm writing verses. Hey, God, this is what you said. I want some. It's what you said. You said you'd fill me. Here I am. You said you'd crucify this rotten flesh. Well, kill it. It's still rotten. Do something in here amongst us. And so we've got to be so careful because the current culture, again, is anti-Christian. And really, it always has been. What we think is there used to be a good old day. And in the good old days, everybody went to church. Everybody's never gone to church, and half the people that went weren't saved anyway. 
And dang, it's just never been. The darkness has always hated the light. It will always hate the light. But what happens, we live in a culture that is infused, impacted, energized, informed by the enemy. And, it, and we are set inside that culture. And the enemy is using everything it can do to Romans 12, 2, to conform us into that mode. Because let me tell you, every time the devil looks at you, he sees Jesus. Because you were made in the image of God. And every time he sees that, he is furious. And so he lashes out. Why? Because he hates God. So he hates God, therefore he hates you. Why? Because you love God and you're on God's team. God's spirit dwells in you. You're anointed to walk with God. So we are called and caused by the power of God to walk in opposition to this world and walk according to the word. Would y'all get that? Now, one of our values is this. God gets the last word. And some people don't like that, but God's going to get the last word. So we just decide already if they promise God gets the last word, God's word is the word. We're going to walk the word. We're going to read the word. We're going to meditate on the word so we can walk the word and no matter worthy of the word, which the word came and dwelt among us and became flesh so we can honor the word. Amen? Did y'all get that? Because I could never say that again. Not even sure what it was. And so now when it comes to the, the gender roles, man, the gender roles are under attack. So now we have our generation and another generation of young adults and students coming up at Faith Promise that are rolling up that, again, the culture is trying to cram them into its mold and it's trying to remake them into the world's image, not the image of the Word. And so now what does a godly man look like? What does a godly woman look like? Well, we are different. Amen? God made us different for a reason. I love the differences, don't you? And praise God, bro, man. I do not want to sleep with a woman who does not shave her legs. Come on, there's a difference. Are you with me? Come on. I don't know where that came from either. So, so, but this is what we know, that we need each other, don't we? We need that we're better together. Now, think about it. Think about it. If there were no moms, how many dads would kill the kids? My children would never have made it. Their mother stood in the gap, please don't kill them today. She'd say, Chris, when you talk to the kids, did you have to bear your fangs? She said, they're afraid of you. I said, good, they should be. So there's a difference between men and women. Are y'all with me? And so it just, it just is. It's, it's what we are. It's what we do. It's just, it's just different. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. God gets all the glory and credit, but I would not be where I am without my wife. I, listen, I would not be where I am without Michelle. There's no question about that. Let me tell you why. Because every man needs a cheerleader. Needs a cheerleader. Now, ladies, I want you to hear me. If, you leave, if, you, if you're married or you're going to be married, you need to be a cheerleader. Every guy needs to be, now every guy needs, and I'm going to show you why in a minute, but every guy needs a cheerleader. He does not need a nag. The Bible says it's better to live on a corner of a roof alone with a a contentious woman. Like a steady rain and a dripping faucet is a woman who nags. That's Bible. Some of you guys should have been reading it. Man, it would have helped you years ago if you'd have just had a little of this word. And so, and so ladies... Your husband, if you're dating your boyfriend, if you're going to get married, you need to be a cheerleader. There were times that I would have stopped in the journey. 
that I, I, would have, I would not have gone to seminary. I would have stayed. A church was trying to get me to become the senior pastor, and I want to do that. Michelle said, Chris, this is not the path you said that you wanted to go. You said you went to seminary. I said, I know. I know, but we got, man, you know, come on. We got this little girl, and I could be here and make good money and build this church. You said we were going to seminary. We got to go. All right, let's go. See, I would have, I would have stalled out. So every time that I wanted to quit, or stall out, Michelle, it's come on, let's go, let's march. Are you with me? He that finds a good, well, a good wife finds, has a great thing. And man, God blessed me when I got married. And I, I hope that you feel the same way. I hope that you do. Now, there's no perfect wives, so, you know, Michelle's not perfect, but I have just chosen a perspective of how I'm going to view Michelle. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Are, are y'all there? My prayer team, I love this. My prayer team that meets me every Sunday morning, this is what they say, Lord, let Michelle be the most beautiful woman Chris ever sees. I love that. That's why she is smoking hot. Man, why? Because I don't want my eyes to be driven. You know, Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes that I want to look, look upon a maid. I want to focus only on the, on the wife of my youth. Are you with me? That's, that's the deal. So, if, if, as we look at men and women, are we different? And so I was praying, Lord, man, I was going through notes, and man, I had my Bible open, my journal. I said, Lord, I know we're different, but I don't get it. And so what would you, what would you have me teach in this series? And man, God took me to the owner's manual, which is the Bible, the instruction book, to the very beginning. Because if you understand how something's made, you understand that thing better. Does that make sense? So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, it says this. Then God said, let us, the triune God, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image and the image of God created him male and female. Now, as you see how God created man, you know what I see right there? God created man for action. He said, listen, man, rule over the fish, rule over everything. You're going to run this planet. Man, you're going to be the CEO. Man, you're, going to, you're going to get after it. Men are wired for action. Does that make sense? We're, that's why men don't want to watch chick flicks. They want to watch Rambo. They want to watch something that somebody's going to get shot or stabbed or killed. They want to watch something with some action. Y'all you know what I'm talking about, men? Come on. Hey, come on, man. Come on. And so, man, and, and so we are, we're different. Men were wired to fix it. The wife comes in. She's had a horrible day. She's crying. You put your arm around her. What's wrong, honey? And she starts telling. You say, well, I know how to fix that. If you do these three things, it'd get better. And she just jabs you right in the eyes. <laughs> Why? Because she didn't want you to fix it. She just wanted you to listen. So when Michelle's talking to me now, I'll say, now listen, wait, before you start, do I fix this or listen? Because I don't know. Because, <laughs> you know, when I talk to married men and they'll say, Pastor, I don't understand my wife. I said, if you understand her, you can write a book and build the next 12 campuses for us. Because no man understands his wife, and I'm going to show you why in just a few minutes. But, but guys, are right fraction. Fix it. It's what we do, isn't it, guys? Just what we do. You ever watch boys and girls play on the playground? They don't play the same. 
The boys are going to find a stick or something, a ball. They're going to chase each other. They're going to beat each other up. They're going to roll around in the dirt. They're going to dare each other to do stuff. Y'all remember that? The girls over here, you know, in a corner singing kumbaya with some. Man, the guys are pulling their hair and running by and spitting on them. Why? Because that's what we do. That's what we do. And let me show you why. This is so awesome, man. I've never seen this read. This is so cool. Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed the man of what? Dust from the ground. He's made from dirt. No wonder he's so nasty. Are you with me? <clears throat> Listen, there's not anything complex about a man. He was made from dirt. I can remember when my boys were young. They, did, they weren't big on hygiene. Y'all remember if you've had boys, y'all know what I'm talking about. They just didn't care. We found out later that they had a bet on who could go the longest without taking a bath. <laughs> 21 days. <laughs> you know how we found it? Because they lived in the basement. We said, go take a bath, a shower. They said, we're, hey, we're done with the shower. Okay. Well, they were big enough to know you shouldn't have to check. I mean, they're, you know, they're 11, 12. They're old enough to know. And Michelle went down to clean the sheets and threw them back, and it looked like, it looked like hogs had been wallering. <laughs> it looked like there was animals. Things were crawling in there. What do y'all do? 23 weeks with no bath. Now, when my daughter got up, she got up early, took a shower, got ready for school. My boys got up 45 seconds before they had to leave. <laughs> and they thought that was too long. Our daughter needed school clothes. We could go to Walmart and buy their school clothes. It was three pair of gym shorts, three T-shirts, and a pair of flip-flops. That was their school clothes. They had a blowout. It's 99 more cents for another pair of flip-flops. <laughs> they got up in the morning. They did not brush their teeth. They did not comb their hair. They did not pass go. They went directly to the car. We took them to school, and they were nasty. <laughs> you know why? Because they're made from dirt. Ladies, is this revelation? I'm trying to help. Listen, dirt. Dirt. They're not complex. Ladies, how many of you have looked at your husband or, or well, I've said, oh, man, that guy's just got a one-track mind. You know what I'm talking about? He just thinks about one thing because we can only think about one thing at a time. Because we're very, are, are y'all, does this make sense? This opened my eyes. I'm reading this, taking notes, and I understand. I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't get Michelle, but I at least understand why we're different. I get that. There's nothing complex about a man. It's how we're wired dirt. That's just what we are. We're easy to understand. Look at it. You can tell. Look at Genesis 2.18. Then the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Of course not. What, what, what guy can make it alone? He's going to get eaten by something. I mean, he's not going to bathe. Just one guy by himself with all these animals. It's not good to be him. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God said, listen, it's not good. It's not good for men to be alone. Man, we need some help. Are y'all with me? And so that's what, listen, man, you need to be grateful for your wife, not grop and complain. Man, you need to, you need to do that. So look at, look at, verse two, look at chapter 2, verse 17. Now, this is what God told the man. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day that you eat it, you will surely die. He didn't tell Eve. He told Adam. Are you with me? He's not created yet. He told Adam, don't eat of the tree. You will die 
Listen, this is your responsibility to make sure. Are you with me? The serpent didn't tempt Adam. He tempted Eve. And Adam wasn't doing his job. He's going to be about the fourth person I see in heaven. And if there's any mixed martial arts in heaven, I'm Judy chopping him. I'm serious. So, so God warns the man. It was his responsibility to warn him. So now God says, it's not good he's alone. He's told him what to do. Look at verse 20, chapter 2. The man gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the sky, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon him. How did God make man? Dirt. Dirt. Look at the difference in how we were created. Watch this. You wonder why your wife's so complex? Watch this. Deep sleep fell upon the man, and he slept. Put him to sleep. Took one of the ribs out of his side, closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned. You wonder why she's worried about fashion? Because God fashioned her into a woman from the rib, which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Said, here she is. Listen, put Adam to sleep, did an operation, fashioned her. We're talking about operation formation. That equals complexion. That's why women are complex. Have you ever seen that? This was the coolest thing. I was on my back deck, and I'm telling you, I was having a holy hoot nanny. I'm just, I'm reading this. I'm, man, I'm taking notes. And said, I get this. For all these years, I've wondered what the deal is. You know, men, how come I don't understand my wife? No, God does. Why? Because she's complex. She was formed complexly, and you were formed simply out of dirt. So Michelle complains from now, I'm going to say, I'm just dirt. I can't do any better. It's going to mean. So what is, and now, so thousands of years later, the same verse we used last week, what does God tell the man about the helper that he has given him? Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. He didn't say understand her because you're not capable. Neither am I. We're just not capable. Why? Because we're just dirt. Understanding way, as with someone who's weaker physically, she's weaker since she is a woman, and show her what? honor as a fellow heir of the grace of God so that your prayers will not be hindered. Men, this is the deal. You need your wife to be a cheerleader or if you're going to be married, and what you need to give that cheerleader is honor. Honor, 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 honor. You go to First Peter, I mean Ephesians 5, again, all the way after Genesis chapter 2 and 3, all the way to Ephesians 5, and he says, husband, loves your, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Men, you are to protect that lady in your life. Are you with me? And if you go back to chapter 1, verse 28, because he said he made him, then he goes back in chapter 2 and he tells how. And he tells them to subdue the fish of the sea over the birds of the sky. See, Adam couldn't subdue alone. He needed Eve if he was going to subdue. And in faith promise, one of the reasons that we are where we are, why God is blessed, because we have cut loose the women who are spiritually gifted to go for all that God has put in them. Amen, ladies. Come on, man, to soar from right where you are. Subdue. See, together we get a maximum return. Does that make sense? And so let me tell you what was the conclusion of it before chapter 3 when they ate themselves out of house and home, ate themselves. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, and the man and his wife were both what? Naked and unashamed. They were naked and they were known. 
before the unholy hammer from hell fell and sin entered us and whacked us all, men and women related perfectly. Perfectly. And we're to, we're, to, we're to look for that Edenic blessing, that blessing of Eden where we can relate well if we are married. Understand sin, I hate sin. What sin does is divide us. It divides us. It divides us and God. If you're married, it divides you and your wife. Even though the Bible says your one sin divides us, it destroys us. Sin literally takes and drives a wedge. Now, here's you and God, and sin drives that wedge. You and your wife or your friend or your small group, sin drives that wedge. Does that make sense? It's why God hates sin so much. Before there was sin, there was total transparency, total, complete honesty, pure motives. Eve didn't have to worry what Adam was thinking because she knew. He knew. There were none of that kind of stuff. Nobody had it. What in the world are they thinking? What is she thinking? Why did he do that? Why did she do that? You didn't have to wonder because there was all this honesty. There was no mind games. There was no ladies worried about a man or, a, a man or men who wanted to take advantage of them, especially sexually. You didn't have to worry about that. Why? Because they related completely and perfectly. So what's the takeaway? Are you ready? What do we walk away from this? Number one, are you, are, are, number one respect the opposite sex. Because what we do is we tend to look at our strengths and their weaknesses. Men and women both. We look at, well, why can't they be more like me? Because God didn't make them like you. And so we rejoice, we, we respect, we build on the strength. Now let me ask you a question. Does God know best? Then we trust that God made us like he wanted to make us. His original plan was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. There was never going to be divorced. There was not going to be any of that. It was perfect until sin fell. And the devil was so shrewd. Adam wasn't paying any attention, men. He wasn't paying any attention. And Satan walked up to Eve and began to make Eve doubt God and doubt God's word. And he takes Eve over to the tree. Now, men, let me tell you where Adam should have been. If you're listening, say, I am. The devil right there and the, his wife right there, he should have been standing in the middle saying, not on my watch, devil. You can get away from my family. I will die taking care of my wife. Back up in Jesus' name. Are y'all with me? It's a deal. Well, let me tell you where Adam was. Instead of leading, he was following. Instead of leading Eve, he was following behind Eve. And so Eve led him to the tree. Eve ate it, gave it to him, and he ate it. And we've all sucked ever since. Man, come on. If Adam would have stood up and done what God said, protect. Man, come on, stand in the gap. Are you with me? Men, let's stand in the gap. Let's stand in the gap for our families. Let's stand in the gap between the devil and the culture and this church. Amen? Let's be the people of God. Let's do the deal. Don't belittle the opposite sex, man. Don't, don't. You just tear them down and yourself down. Two words, honor and respect. Are you with me? Jesus said it this way. Treat others like you want to be treated. See, Christ's followers are to be marked by love. We have the ability to love un the unlovely, so who should love the people that are in their lives that they love more than us? Amen? One of the prayers I pray every day is God infuse me with agape. See, we got plenty of phileo and eros 
Eros is the Greek word for sexual. Phileo, the Philadelphia, is the word for brotherly love. But agape is the word for God kind of unconditional love. And so every day, God, would you baptize me with love today? Would you let me love everybody I walk into, everybody I see? God, could I just spill your love on them? Does that make sense, church? Man, that's what we, Lord God, move in our midst. Fill us with love. Amen? Amen. That's what God wants to do with us. And so, but let me tell you, the only way that you can love like that, listen, you can't love like that and be religious. The meanest people on the planet are religious. Every war being fought right now is about religion. It just stinks in the nostrils of God. So religious people are going to love less than anybody else. But people that are born again, people that have a new heart, they're going to love more than anybody else. It's not about a religion. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. And so for people across all of our campuses, there's some of you sitting there, you have never given your heart to Jesus. Maybe religious, you could have grown up Baptist or charismatic or Pentecostal or Methodist or Catholic or any one of number of different groups, but you've never truly been born again. And you want the love of God to flow in you. You want to begin to walk in that victory because our sin separates us from God. He didn't come to make people religious. He came to build a relationship. And so if you're ready to open your heart up and turn from your sin and give your heart to Jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed, don't you pray this with me. Faith promises, pray it with them at every campus out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart and be my Lord. You died for me. You paid for my sins. You rose from the grave. I received the gift of salvation by faith. I confess Jesus is Lord. And now by faith, I will follow you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. somebody give him praise in the house. Wow. You know, more people come to church and know how much fun we have. Do we have fun? You know, it's unbelievable to me that people make the Bible boring. That is an amazing book, isn't it? But some people believe boring is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, boring, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And so, man, we just, we, so we're about life transformation. So if you prayed that prayer with me, if you'll take the communication card that's in front of you, fill that out, drop in the offering box, or guess you could take it to our resource center, or there'll be people down at front to pray with you. We're going to be dismissed in just a minute. And there'll be people here to, to love to pray with you. Or you may you, you take sign up, by the way, for Next Steps on the 26th uh, next weekend. Or you can go to our Next Steps area, Internet Campus. You can go to the chat room or you can go right there and click on that communication card and someone will be in contact with you. We're stoked that you're there. Many of you are Faith Promise folks. You're going to fall break. Praise God that you got on the Internet Campus. And we love you. Have a great vacation. And man, amen. Come on. Had it be good to be in the house of God. Woo! Now, there'll be folks down to pray with you next weekend. Okay, you say, Pastor, you've leaned on the men. I have. It's a gift. Next weekend, it's just solo e her. It's all about the ladies. Now, that doesn't give you a pass, guys. You got to be here. She's here. You got to be here. And so next weekend, bring friends as we talk about really the complexity of how God made a woman and how woman is to live that out. It's going to be amazing. Uh, man, listen, I love you. I, I love you. Again, would you pray now for the six weeks from now, Heart for the Harvest? 
that, that as we sacrifice together, we will see the greatest move of God that we have seen, and it will give us the resources to do what God is calling us to do. Amen. We love you. Be blessed. See you guys next weekend.